You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Jack, Emilian, Anthony, and Arif. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. Hey, how's it going? And Anthony. Good to be back. Riff could not be with us today, but that's all right. Today's episode 29 of the podcast, and we are recapping week 14 of the NFL season. And a big storyline to come out of this past week in the league was Buffalo's big win against Pittsburgh. And the question is, can they challenge the Chiefs in the AFC come playoff time? I, I do believe so. I know that they did play earlier in the season, and they, they got smacked, right? The Chiefs handled them pretty well. Their run game completely overwhelmed the Bills. But I feel like Bills' offense right now is peaking. And they're right where they need to be. Josh Allen played an incredible game against a really tough Steelers defense. And their and their defense has been slowly improving. So I feel like if they were to match up against the Chiefs again in the playoffs, they they could challenge them. I'm not saying they will, but it definitely could have happened. Yeah, they're gonna get a close contest, definitely for sure, in the coming playoff time. Just I feel still I've been saying for the whole year, the Chiefs offense is too overpowered at the moment. I think any realistic shot of winning a game, especially at Arrowhead Stadium, will be really, really difficult. I don't think Josh Allen could probably could handle that environment. They're the defense be able to keep the Bills in that game. So definitely Kansas City, they're still on to that first seed in the AFC for sure. And come playoffs time, I don't see them getting beat, but definitely I think that they could make a close game. I think right now Buffalo are playing as a top three offensive unit in the league. Um, Josh Allen is in great form and so is that offense. And so I feel like if they were to match up against the Chiefs right now, that their offense could keep up with the, the Chiefs offense. But it's more about um, that defense slowing down the Chiefs, yeah. and uh, right now it's still you know unknown. And if you, if you had to choose, you'd still choose the uh, Chiefs yeah, to um, yeah. overrun the Bills. But they're looking really good right now, the Buffalo Bills, and they would certainly pose a threat to a team like the Chiefs. And we'll see what they can do um, come playoff time. Another big talking point this week was Jalen Hurts' debut um, at quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles as they won in uh, with shock win against the New Orleans Saints at home. Um, he looked okay in his first um, start in the league. He threw a nice touchdown pass. I, I would have said that it was an explosive performance by any means, but it, he um, yeah he looked comfortable and man, they got the win. Yeah, it's not the game up really well that first half. The performance in the first one, especially, is really what got them in the game. They're just really clean on offense compared to what they've been done in the past this season. And, you know, just being able to hold on to that game. You know, that second half, they just held on the defensive uh, side of the ball. They just kept them in the game, and that's what gave them that win by one score. I'm pretty sure it was in the end. Yeah, but even then, even if Jalen Hurst didn't do too much in terms of passing it, he's had 177 yards passing and touchdown, but his run game was really incredible. He rushed for over 100 yards, and I think that was really the X factor in that game, just having a more dynamic player at quarterback uh, for the Eagles, especially considering the amount of injuries they have at wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, it's really important for Jalen Hurts really to to have stepped up and really shown his abilities as a running threat as well. I think the thing is, though, we know how much he can run the ball um, as a quarterback, but the thing is, over time, if he is to be um, a starter in a league, I think he's going to have to really, um, you know, improve his passing game. Obviously, you know, he's a decent passer, but um, obviously, most teams would view him as like a dual threat quarterback. And like you've seen, like you've seen with Lamar Jackson, I think we would agree that he's regressed slightly since his MVP season. Teams catch on to quarterbacks who are, you know, really run heavy as well. So I think um, he. Obviously, right now, teams don't have much to take on him um, in the league. 
So I think he's going to, be able to exploit some defenses as uh, this season winds down. But in the future, I think he's really going to have to, um, you know, lean on his passer game just as much as his legs because. Um, once teams start to figure him out a little bit more on tape, you know, they're going to start to shut down the run game and it's going to be more on him as a passer to uh, get the job done. So we'll see if he can do that, but it was definitely a promising start for Hertz. And the Eagles, are they similar playoff race? Uh, they, they are technically, but I don't see them overtaking either the Giants or Washington at this point. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree. That's happening. On to our first segment of today's podcast, and that is the power rankings that we have. And starting it off at 32, the New York Jets, the Jaguars are at 31, we have the Bengals at 30, the Detroit Lions are at 29, the Cowboys are up to 28, the Falcons are at 27, at 26 we have the Panthers, the Broncos are at 25, and the LA Chargers are in at 24. They got a win against the Falcons on a last second field goal attempt, and it was headed by a really nice final drive by... Justin Herbert, who uh, after a couple of you know average weeks, especially against the Patriots, he's kind of bounced back and had a really nice performance against the Falcons. I mentioned last week that this game against Atlanta was a must-win for them, especially if Justin um, Herbert wants to win that defensive rookie of the year. I think those next couple of games are really crucial. Just kind of like kind of balance the shift, just kind of like stop like the those, that losing streak, and have done that. And you know, to get a close win in the fashion they did, as you mentioned, Jack, that final drive. That shows, you know, be able to come in clutch. And that'll be good for um, Justin uh, Herbert in the future. And, you know, it's a good win. It definitely was a game, I think, that would have penciled in going uh, into the end of the season as a game that they would have wanted to go and build some momentum as a team. Um, it was definitely a game at home against the Falcons. I, I think it was good that they did get the win. It would have been probably disappointing if they had lost, um, considering how many close games the Chargers have dropped this season. But... Getting that close win and building some momentum is good for Herbert and uh, the Chargers. So they ran at 24. At 23, the 49ers and the Patriots are in at 22. They've dropped down. Um, they got shredded by the LA Rams defense and Cam Newton was benched towards the end of that game. Um, after a couple of promising weeks from the Patriots, and now looks as if the season is definitely over. Yeah, absolutely. And the one question I really have with the Patriots is what do they do? with their quarterback situation going into next season. Do they try to keep going off Cam and maybe try to develop him just, maybe just make him improve just a little bit more? Or do they really just try to go a completely different direction? Do they go with Stidham? We really don't know. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Stidham's probably a good option to have. I think they probably will go with Cam Newton, but I'm just trying to imagine how the season will end and how they're going in terms of drafting. I think you got some experience, he will get the start, I think. Come the, the free, uh, week one, 2021, but it's, it's hard to tell. I think just that experience alone and be able to work other parts of the offense, like you know, run game, your receiving core, you can kind of work on those more than working on someone that's like just a lot younger. It's easier to work with someone that's more experienced, like Kenyon. So I think that I think you'll probably get to start a couple more times this season before they, before they um, wrap it up this season. Yeah. Well, Bill Belichick is still adamant that he is a starting quarterback despite the late game benching. So it does appear that they will ride with Newton for at least the rest of this season. Yeah. I do agree. I feel like they will ride again with Newton to start next season. Um, I feel like he can succeed in that offense. He just needs a bit more time. Um, I don't think he's a long-term answer, obviously, a quarterback for the Patriots. I think they will invest some draft capital in the quarterback position uh, in next year's draft. But I think at least starting at the next season, I feel like um, Newton will still be under center for the Patriots. At 21, of the Texans who moved down, the Eagles, as you talked about, are up to 20. The Giants are at 19. The Bears are up to 18. 
The Vikings come in number 17. The Raiders are at 16. At 15, we have the Washington football team um, who won again. And in, you know, it was, it was another tough kind of win that they etched out against the 49ers. Um, once again, their defense showed up when it needed it most. Um, they were what one position up against Nico Mullins and the 49ers and had to keep him and, and had to make a stop. And they did just that. Um, and Chase Young was, again, a massive part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, like, on a side I really think that even though he probably won't get it, Ron Rivera is a serious candidate for Coach of the Year. He has completely changed the identity of Washington football team because going into the season, we had them at the bottom of the league in the power rankings. They were 37. They were a joke of a franchise. And he has completely turned this team around. He's made them a legitimate contender for the NFC East, which no one would have thought going into the season. He's made a very scary defensive front, um, led by Chase Young and Montez Sweat on that defensive line. And just an overall solid team led by a veteran quarterback that we know what to expect. He's not gonna he's not gonna like break any barriers or whatever, but he's not gonna disappoint. Yeah, it's a good point you raised about Rivera because he's not only changed the on-field output, but he's also changed the culture of the franchise because we have heard about cultural issues at Washington and, you know, it's kind of really gone quiet on that front since then because, I mean, Rivera is really one... Uh, well, during his time at Carolina, he was, um, you know, held in high esteem in terms of um, culture at franchises and, you know, he's come in and just continued that philosophy and... Obviously, the on-field output is great as well, and you know, talking about the defense especially, and yeah, they're playing really well. At fourteen of the Miami Dolphins, they came up short against the Chiefs, but it was a gallant effort. They started well, gave up thirty straight points, and then battled back to force a um, you know a, a thrill at the end. But they weren't able to get a stop on fourth down to get the ball back. Yeah. Um, question for you guys: If if the Dolphins make the playoffs, how dangerous are they? I think I still think they're a bit too inexperienced of a roster to go deep into the playoffs. So I don't think I don't see them winning a game in the playoffs. I, I, I can do definitely see them getting there for sure, but I think it's a bit too young at the moment to have that experience to you know come up big when it matters. I think this game against the Chiefs it shows that they have the potential to play you know and keep those big teams close. They're like if you compare them to where they were last year, they've improved a lot, especially on defense. That's what's kept them in the game, you know. Against a team like Kansas City, it's really hard to go up against that offense. So, I think give it maybe like next season, given that their defense and their offense keep them doing it the way they are right now, we could see a Miami that they could end up in the top three seeds in the AFC. I think. Yeah, Anthony, I agree. Um, if they even make the playoffs, which I don't think is a given at all, I think um, inexperience will hurt them. I cannot see them in a game in the playoffs if they do in fact make it. Um, obviously they've shown really good signs this season um, under Brian Flores as opposed to last season and the season before but um, yeah I can see them making the playoffs I, I don't think it's a given yet um, and if they do I just cannot see them winning a game unfortunately at 13 of the Cardinals at 12 of the Seahawks the Browns are down to 11 after their tight loss against the Ravens the Colts are up to 10 the Titans are at 9 the Rams are at 8 at seven of the Tampa Buccaneers, at six the Saints moved down, and at five the Steelers also moved down um, after their loss at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers have now lost two games in a row since losing their first game of the season against Washington two weeks ago. Um, Anthony, we've talked at length about how you think this, or how you thought the Steelers were overrated at six and zero. Now they are at, I believe, eleven and two. What do you think now? Yeah, I think they are definitely overrated. I think, uh, to be fair, playing the Buffalo Bills 
And last week playing Washington, Washington were definitely out for a fight. So they were not an easy, they're not the push of a team, I think. Let's get that straight. And also, yeah, the Buffalo Bills, their defense played really well. They stopped Big Ben in their tracks in that second half. That pick six came in really handy, you know, in that game. So I feel like the Steelers are having to play harder teams now, and they've played a lot more easy teams in the, in the you know, first part of the season. And that's, that's, that's like, that's 100% fact. There's no way you can say, oh, they're just a really good team. They've played easier opponents, and now they're getting caught out against harder opponents. I mentioned it last week that it's good for the Steelers to play some harder teams and have those losses so they can, they can kind of, you know, perform better and they get used to like that playoff kind of atmosphere, you know what I mean? Like that kind of standard. So when it comes playoff time, they're not going to get, they're going to lose to a um, Buffalo team by, you know, over 10 points, which they did this week. So at the moment, I still think they're overrated, but they can change that. What's important to note here is that this Bills win was actually pretty big for them because they are now in legitimate contention for the number two seed because yeah. the Steelers, I could see them losing two of their last three. They play the Bengals this week. They're going to win that, but then they've got the Colts and then the Browns, and those are two games they could definitely lose. Mm -hmm. The Bills also have three winnable games coming up. They could overtake the Steelers, and we could see a rematch in the divisional round, once again, at the Bills Stadium. So we never know, but I definitely think the Steelers definitely getting a taste of what it's like to actually face strong contenders yeah. in the AFC. Yeah. Um, I'm not too concerned with the Steelers, honestly. Their last two losses, while not ideal, haven't been, you know... Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them disastrous losses. They've come against two pretty good teams, I would have said. Um, they were due for a loss when they lost against Washington, and the Bills are one of the form teams of the competition right now, and um, in Buffalo, it's going to be a tough outing. Big Ben was obviously not his best at all that game, but I have no doubt that come playoffs time, um, he will be uh, back to, well, the best he's been playing this season, I feel like. And um, I feel like... Mark Tomlin and the just have to work out a few kinks, and yeah. uh, I think they'll go far in the playoffs. Definitely. At number four, the Ravens, who moved up, they had a really, really crucial win against the Browns. Uh, thanks to a last-second field goal from Justin Tucker to win the game, 45-42. Um, this was a massive game for both the Ravens and the Browns, and um, it was probably a bigger game for the Ravens because they needed to get a playoff spot and losing would not have done them any favours, but they, you know, pulled out a really hard fought win and now just like that, they're back in the top four in our rankings and they're definitely contending the AFC still. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great story based on the season. Like, uh, going, like, in the first few weeks of the season, we always had them, you know, as a top team in the AFC. Then during mid-season, they kind of regressed. Lamar Jackson wasn't looking good. The entire team had injury issues, COVID issues. We wrote them off quite, quite a bit. Um, they were in trouble not having a playoff spot. And now they're slowly coming back. They're finding their stride. Lamar Jackson, incredible final drive there. Yeah. Um, he, he had a great game overall. That was a great game uh, offensively from both teams. But it's really good to see the Ravens sort of clicking right now. This is when they need to play their yeah. best football because they're facing tough teams and they need to get that playoff spot. Yeah, it was a really good game to watch. Obviously, well, for me especially, I like that one of the highest scoring games. So that was really good to watch, see both teams both officers clicking. But obviously that, that last drive that Lamar Jackson had where, you know, he just went downfield so easily. I would have liked to see the Browns be a little bit more, what's the competitive, but they, they, I think it was just a bit too easy. They made it a bit too easy for Lamar Jackson. They got, you know, every, every play of that drive was over five or six yards and it's got in field goal range. Uh, a bit too easy for my liking. I, like this, I think the Browns right now, they're a much better team than they were at the start of the season, that's for sure. And they, 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 I reckon they make the playoffs for sure in the wild card spot. But um, I would have liked to seen them uh, like kind of put more pressure on Lamar Jackson in that situation, where they're playing high up offense. You know, they, I don't think they really finished off that game too well, in my opinion. Still, a good, still a good performance by them though. 
At three with the Packers, the Bills are up to number two and the Chiefs are still at one. They are parakings heading to week 15 of the NFL season. And on to the next segment, that is Anthony's Q&A. And the first question, Anthony, for you is, if they win the NFC East, can Washington win a playoff game? Oh, that's a tough question. I think, I think from what I've seen from Washington the last two weeks, especially against the Steelers, I think there's every reason they can do it. I think if we're comparing to, if we're comparing the Washington team to where Philadelphia was when they won their division last year, they played the Seahawks. If you're comparing those two teams, I think Washington had more determination. You mentioned it earlier this episode already about their locker room, like bad shooters. You can just tell it's changed under Ron Rivera. It's, it, 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 I think that's really big. You can have talent, but when you have like determination and like hunger, you can really do anything. And being the Steelers that were eleven and zero a couple of weeks ago, that sh- that shows that they're a team that can. You don't want to go against this Washington team. They're really good on defense, and the offense is slowly getting better and better and better. They could almost. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they if they won the first week. Honestly, like they, they've improved a lot on the season. Like if, if, if the team that's improved the most this season, definitely Washington. And I, if I was another team in the NFC, I would not want to come against Washington in the playoffs. Yeah, it's also worth noting they play the Seahawks, another potential wild card at the number five seed, and that's the team. That's the seed they would play. Yeah. Um, next question for you: Is Chase Young the defensive rookie of the year? I think I think so right now. Yeah, I think if if he finishes off the season at the rate he's doing, he's like performing so far. Um, I reckon he will. The last game he played against, you know, the Boy Niners in Arizona, he played, you know, basically won the game, that, that defensive touchdown, you know, that game was heavily de- um, determined on Washington's defense. And it was noted before the season uh, started that he was going to be a really key piece to that defense, even with, like, just... Obviously, he's a great player, but that inexperience in the NFL, yeah, it's shown no signs of, of, you know, rookie hangover or anything like that. He's coming in and he's just, like... He's been amazing so far, and I think... The chain, kind of following on from that last question we had about Washington, can they win a playoff game? I think having some new, like play, some new talent in the locker room that also adds to the belief that they have, and just him as a player, like he's, he's unbelievable. So I reckon, I reckon he has, I reckon he's definitely the front runner for defensive rookie of the year, no doubt about it. That is Anthony's Q and A for this week, and then we move on to multi madness. And for the first time in a number of weeks, we got a win last night. Yes, uh, last week. <laughs> I, sorry, so um, that was great to see. And we're going to go for two in a row this week with our first leg being Las Vegas to beat the LA Chargers at Allegiant Stadium, and uh, coming off a pretty disappointing loss against the Colts. I would say the Las Vegas Raiders are, are primed for a bounce back performance this week. They've been quite inconsistent this season, honestly. A bit, bit, bit disappointing by Las Vegas. I think they have more potential to really be a really good team. And you know, when when you have a teammate like lost in the fashion they did against Indianapolis last week, this has bounced back game all over it, as you said, Jack. So I okay, it's really it's a really solid leg. We should we should come off surely. Well, they have been pretty disappointing the last few weeks as a whole. The uh, Raiders, obviously, they got crushed by the Falcons. They barely scraped by the Jets, and then. Um, losing again last week against the Colts. I feel like um, heading towards uh, a potential playoff berth, they need to really kind of kick it into gear here. And it's a good opportunity to here, uh, sorry, at home against the Chargers. So it's important to note, they've got a new defensive coordinator. They fired an old def- um, defensive coordinator at the end of the last week's game. So, you know, fresh fresh coaching um, option there for Las Vegas should bounce back. Buffalo to beat Denver at mile high is our second leg of this week. Obviously, there's always a bit of risk involved when you're betting on a team who is going to uh, Denver with that altitude. 
Um, then we got a nice win last week against the Panthers, but obviously we talked about Buffalo being one of the informed teams in the NFL right now, and um, no matter where they're playing in Denver, I feel like they're a very good chance to win. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos have been performing quite well lately. They held the Chiefs to 22 points a few weeks ago, and they beat the Panthers, but it is kind of hard to stop a Bills offense that is just running on so much momentum. Mm-hmm. With uh, Josh Allen right now, if you just take these recent performances, he's playing at a very elite level. Um, and it's just really hard to stop a, a guy like that who's able to get the ball out quickly, as we saw against the Steelers. Yeah. Our third leg is Green Bay to beat Carolina at Lambeau Field. This one is pretty straightforward. Um, Carolina have shown flashes of you know good things this season, but I don't think they have much of a shot um, against Green Bay. In uh, Green Bay, especially with how they're playing, they are now the number one seed in the NFC, and um, they're, they're, they've shown no signs of slowing down, so I feel like it's a pretty safe one. I think it's important to note that the weather in Green Bay gets obviously a lot colder the longer the season goes on, so was the fact that last time they played in um, at Lambeau Field when Green Bay got that win. Um, so, yeah, I think... It'll be too hard to stop, especially at Lambeau Field, for sure. Our second last leg this week is Tampa Bay to beat Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Obviously, being in Atlanta, the Falcons do tend to play well there at home. However, I feel like Tampa Bay now, after this last win against the Vikings last week, I feel like they're kind of now really kind of kicking it into gear um, and really gearing up for the playoffs. So I, I can't see them stepping up here against Atlanta. Yeah, definitely not. They'll need to... They want to make a meaningful push, which they definitely should, considering the talent on their roster. This is a must-win game, and all the games for the season are must-win. So yeah, I reckon against Atlanta, I would definitely get the win here. Our final leg is arguably the most 50-51. It is Kansas City to beat New Orleans at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Obviously, um, New Orleans are without Drew Brees um, last week, or for a number of weeks these past weeks, but... He may return this week, and I feel like um, either way, the Chiefs are just primed to win this game. I feel like if Taysom Hill is starting, then uh, the Chiefs will find a way to uh, exploit him defensively. And you know, if Drew Brees is starting, then he may be a bit rusty. So I feel like either way, the Chiefs have the advantage. Obviously, their offense is virtually unstoppable, but the sense of a good defense. So we, it's special, and it being in New Orleans, we could see an upset, but. Um, I don't mean you guys, but I think this is a pretty safe one. Yeah, it's, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, just another point. And that's a bit of, it's not so much about the game itself, um, but the atmosphere of the game, obviously, without COVID, would be really good to see a full um, full house for this one. You know, we've, we've, I've been waiting for like three, four seasons for a Kansas City New Orleans matchup. So, for those to be fans, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying, but yeah. it is what it is. Would yeah. Do so, speaking of fans, I think it was good to see at least uh, a good. A portion of fans at the uh, Browns Ravens game. Yeah. Um, it was decent atmosphere for how you know. Yeah, I mean, back in the stadium, still was probably not the right time to have fans, but it was not to see. It was not to see. It was not to see. That is um, multi madness for week fifteen. Hopefully, we can go back to back, boys, and yeah, surely on to our next segment today, and that is Millions Team to Watch. Thanks, Jack. Um, so, to recap, last week I had the Washington football team as my team to watch, and as we all know, they took care of business against the 49ers. They are now leading in the AF, uh, sorry, NFC East with the Giants' loss. Now they need to continue their momentum, and that starts with Seattle this upcoming week. My team to watch this week is a team we talked about quite a bit this episode. It is the Buffalo Bills. Um, they come off a huge win against the Steelers. And they take on the Broncos at Mile High Stadium. This is going to be a good test for Josh Allen and the rest of that Bills offense playing in. Well, I, I reckon we can all say, in terms of atmosphere and, and climate, 
Malhai is probably one of the toughest places to yeah. play as a, as a visitor. So we've seen that Josh Allen isn't great in these sort of uh, really kind of uncomfortable situations that we saw against the Chiefs and Titans earlier on the season, uh, and even then in the playoffs earlier in the year. He's just not, he wasn't great. But Broncos, I think, are quite underrated based on recent performance, and they can definitely give the Bills a challenge. It'll be interesting to see if the Bills, how much they want that number two seed, because they do need to win out yeah. to get it. Yeah, so question for you, Julian. What do you think the score for that's going to be? Do you think high scoring or low scoring? I think I think it'll be relatively low scoring. Um, I think it could go either way, but I think I, I, I if I had to predict a scoreline, I'd say maybe twenty three to fourteen for the Bills. Yeah. That's Emilian's team to watch for week fifteen. On to TDU's game of the week, and we just talked about it a little bit in multi matters. That is Saints versus Chiefs. Obviously, a massive game in the context of. Um, playoff seeding, we've got our four uh, aspects of the game visual and starting off with offense. Anthony? Um, oh, I think definitely the Chiefs have a better offense. No doubt no about that. Didn't, didn't need a course that much, just straight away. Um, obviously, us, every time we've had a Chiefs uh, comparing their offense to another team, it's been the Chiefs all season long for like <laughs> for a year now. So just same stuff. Just Tyreek Hill, Charles Kelsey, they believe. I believe that's the number two and number three for receiving yards in no, the league. Tra- Travis Kelsey is number one, Terry Hill is number four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the top five though, so that, that really speaks volume of how good that offense is. So, whilst the Saints have got, you know, Taysom Hill and he's proven to be, you know, pretty good so far, I still think the Chiefs' offense is still on a completely different level. I agree. I have defense and coaching. I think the Saints have the better defense out of these two teams. New Orleans have one of the best rush defenses in the entire league. Um, their secondary is also really solid. Um, but don't get me wrong, the Chiefs have a serviceable defense too. However, I'm definitely leaning towards the Saints here, um, especially with the run game. I think the run game is going to be important. Obviously, um, the Chiefs always is mainly through the air, but shutting down the run game is going to at least put a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs because usually um, they have success with the run game that opens everything up. So at least shutting down one aspect of that is key for the Saints. And with their strong run defense, I feel like um, they have a chance to do that. Um, and I feel like their defense as a whole is just a better unit than the Chiefs. As for coaching, um, the Chiefs have one of the top three head coaches in the league, no doubt, in Andy Reid, and a top offensive coordinator and prospective head coach in Eric Bieniemy. Um, so obviously, really strong coaching staff in Kansas City. The Saints also have a top head coach in Sean Payton, obviously, but it's hard to go past Reid and that Kansas City coaching staff. Um, I think just about any coaching staff they're going up against, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but. Um, yeah, obviously the Saints have a strong um, coaching staff, but Chiefs. Alrighty. Um, to wrap it up, I've got momentum, and I think it's pretty obvious. It's the team that's been undefeated since week three. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, obviously, they're, <laughs> they're just running along. Mahomes had a little bit of a bad game uh, by his standards against the Dolphins throwing three picks, but he still pulled out the win nonetheless. It was still an impressive performance yeah. by the Chiefs, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, the Saints... We, we still don't know whether or not Drew Brees is coming back. That's definitely a factor in their momentum right now because if he's put back in, it's his first game in a few weeks. He may not be all there just yet. Uh, and Taysom Hill, as we saw, um, he just isn't that great as, as yeah. a starting quarterback. So nothing I want to add about this game. I remember back in 2018, um, well, he had the, the Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl, but I really felt like the Chiefs and the Saints were the two best teams in the NFL at that point. Yeah. I was really hoping for that matchup didn't happen. So I feel like this is that Super Bowl matchup or Super Bowl rematch that never happened. It's kind of, I'm really excited to see yeah, it. It's an interesting point you bring up there, Anthony. 
Um, I agree. There were definitely two really good regulars in him. Yeah. It was a shame they couldn't meet. In the playoffs, or sorry, in the Super Bowl. Um, predictions? Uh, oh, I feel I feel like it would be Chiefs uh, 35 to 27. Um, if Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback, I'm going to go 37 to 20 yeah. Chiefs. If Drew Brees is playing, I'm going to go 37 to 27 Chiefs. Um, either way, I've got Chiefs 34-26. I feel like it's one of those games where they get to an early lead and then um, the, the Saints have to kind of you know, cr crawl back. Um, I just feel like they'll come up short, with, no matter who's in their quarterback. That's our game of the week, heading into week 15. And now for the last segment of today's episode, it is my real or a reaction. Alrighty, Jack. Uh, my first statement for you, the Rams will be the team to beat in the NFC come playoff time. The team to beat. Yeah. The team to beat. The team to beat. That is an overreaction to me, I'm afraid. Right now, it is the Green Bay Packers. They have, um, obviously, a really great offense. And Aaron Rodgers um, is, I think, right now in the NFC, in terms of quarterbacks, um, I feel like he's the most playoff-primed quarterback right now in the NFC. Um, and for that reason, I think they are the team to beat come playoff time in the NFC. The Rams... Uh, while they have been a tough team to beat, I just don't really think they're going to be able to make it past teams like the Packers or Saints. Right. My first statement, none of the teams in the AFC North will make it to the AFC Championship game. Um, right now, right now, I'm going to have to call it real, Anthony. Um, just based on how the Steelers have played these last two weeks, while I don't think they're in any trouble by any means. I just think right now the Chiefs and the Bills are the most likely teams to meet in the championship game. Um, and uh, I think while the Ravens and Browns are two quality teams in the AFC, I just, I can't, I can't see it just, just because of the strength. The AFC is very top heavy. You know, you've got those, they've got those really great teams at the top, right? And then it fades. But um, with all those great teams there, you know, only two can make it out um, for the championship game. And, yeah, right now I can't see it being any from anyone from the AFC North. Right. Second statement from me for you, Jack. The Giants must win against the Browns on Sunday Night Football in order to win the NFC East. That's fairly real. I feel like Washington are definitely in the box here right now. Um, these last two weeks, or the last two wins for them have been just really monumental in terms of the playoff race. Um, the Giants, I would have liked to see them beat the Cardinals with you know, the Cardinals, their average level of play recently, and at home, I felt it's a pretty disappointing outcome, especially with Andrews back in on the centre. So, um, right now, um, it, it is a must-win for them, and I'm not sure that they're going to be up to the task. Uh, the Raiders' playoffs hopes are slipping away. Mm, that's probably real right now, um, Anthony. They are slipping away. I don't think they have slipped away. Um, I feel like they should get a win this week, as you mentioned on Multi Madness. I feel like they should get a win this week against the LA Chargers. But um, based on these last three weeks, uh, they have not been convincing the slightest. Yeah. As you talked about, very inconsistent. Their best is very good, but their worst is not great. And come the playoffs, or if, the, if they to even get to the playoffs, it's going to be a massive, it could be a massive issue, the inconsistency from a week to week basis. So yeah. they are slipping away. They're still in the race, obviously, and I think they will get a win this week. But, um, yeah, that, that, their hopes for playoffs are slipping away sadly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets that final wildcard spot between the Ravens, Dolphins, and Raiders, yeah, of yeah. course. 
Um, all right, my last statement for you, Jack. The Broncos' recent performances are good signs for next season. I'm going to throw a reaction, Emilian. The thing with the Broncos is, I, I, I always feel like this. These last few years, as they've been looking for a solidified quarterback, they always show these late signs. Like, you, for some reason, you always see this game sometimes from, this, from the Broncos. Like, one week, they'll just show up on defense and just yeah. completely kill someone, right? And the next week, they'll get blown out. They're another inconsistent team. Um, since Peyton Manning has left, I think they've just been a bit of a mess um, offensively. And uh, while Vic Fangio, I think, has been a decent head coach, he's a he's a he's a defensive coordinator at heart. So I don't think I don't think he's the best guy to be leading them in a, in a better direction offensively. And I just feel like them as a team, they're very inconsistent. Um, I we talked at a start of the about Drew Lock. I don't know if I've seen enough from Drew Locke this season to be the corner franchise quarterback. Um, again, it comes back to the inconsistency. They're like the Raiders, except worse. Um, inconsistent team. Well, they're, they're just not good enough right now. Um, and they have, they have a lot of injuries on both offense and defense. Um, I'd like to see them, how they go healthy. If, if Drew Locke plays an entire season, if Chubb, um, Cortland Sutton plays an entire season, I'd like to see that. But right now, I, I can't say that... Um, They've shown good signs. They've shown okay signs, I guess. Winning against, you know, um, the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers is all well and good, but yeah, I don't know. They're just an average team. All right, for the last question, and controversial in a signal fashion, Aaron Rodgers is the front runner for the MVP award. That's real, um, without a doubt. I'm not going to, yeah, it doesn't take, doesn't take long yeah. to be answered for that one. Um, I think it also is true based on Mahomes' recent performance. While Mahomes did Mahomes things and, you know, Obviously, helped get you to 30 unanswered points against the Dolphins. He did throw three interceptions. And, you know, people who judge the MVP award will look at that. And um, they'll look at a guy like Rogers, who is so careful with the ball. You know, he, he makes great ballsy throws, but he's careful with the ball, right? So you don't see him throw many interceptions. Um, and obviously, you don't see Pat throw many interceptions. But based off his last game with Pat, um, and just based on how consistently good Rogers have been this season, I feel like... He's definitely the front runner for the award, and um, you know he is the reason why they are ten and three, or eleven and three, ten and three, and the current number one seed in the NFC. That's that done. So that is our podcast done for this week. Episode twenty nine is in the books. We hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That is at touch down under. This where you can find all of our podcast and non podcast content. And of course, I'm referring to Riffs Rising Rookies, which you can pay attention to every single week. On our Instagram, we're also on Twitter at the TV Podcast, and we post our well, we upload our podcasts to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube at Touch That Under. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you later.